gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Good Trouble. My name is Gregory Ball, and I am the Director of Production and Strategy, Digital Strategy over at Embrace Boston. And today, for Good Trouble, um, we have somebody I've been wanting to talk to for a while to kind of get the behind the scenes of all his goings on and shenanigans. Um, and this brother is a, a brother that you often see in the community. He is gone from kind of being behind the scenes to being in front of the mic. And he has grown uh, a very small platform into a major force here in the city. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome the latest uh, good troublemaker to join us, Mr. James Hill. I am, and it's an S on there, so I'll forgive you. I did say Hills. Oh, you did? Okay. Yes. Uh, oops. So, uh, God, I didn't start it off with trying to correct. Be great. Here we go. Uh, Don't try uh, to put the extra the Valentino. No. <laughs> but listen, in all seriousness, I'm honored to be here. Um, I really respect you, your craft, your professionalism. Um, and from... Uh, last summer, it was um, up close. We got to talk, but also from a distance, just watching over the years, I've seen development of artists that you've been involved with. You are part of the art department. Um, and so, you know, it, it it just all the stuff that you've done, you talk about behind the scenes. A lot of folks don't know the the push and the um, influence you have in the industry, music, hip hop. Um, James. Say fashion. Yes, I'm sorry. I got to big you up. We're brothers. James, I appreciate that. But today is not about me. Today is about you. And we're we've come together and I brought folks, uh, brought you here to talk to the people. And we're here to talk about the things that you have going on, my friend. Yes, this sir. is not about me and my shenanigans. This is about you. <laughs> yours. Yes, sir. Oh, but let you know, with, with good trouble, the, the whole idea is to really kind of just lay out the stories of um, people that are that are making an impact in the community. And you are definitely one of those folks with your show, um, Java with Jimmy, that kind of started off in, in a very interesting and kind of, uh, excuse me, a very interesting and, and uh, troubled time of, of, the, of the pandemic. Could you kind of tell me about the idea of what made you decide to start a talk show in in the middle of of that kind of that <laughs> public health crisis what made you decide to uh, start a talk show it so i'll be honest with you um and i've said this before in other spaces i this is not a desired thing um greg i i i embrace no pun intended i embrace what it does um and the good trouble that it brings but on March 23rd, Governor Baker said we needed to stay home. At that time, we thought we were going to be home for a couple of weeks, at most a couple of months. Um, because of my work in community, um, working in government, being from the community, working in community at different levels of government, I just knew that, and Ayanna Presley said it this morning, that America was going through COVID, which we could say maybe a cold, and we saw... Um, what we saw exacerbated, I knew, bro, that it was going to happen to us. So I went live um, on March 24th in the morning. I literally just got through making a cup of coffee um, and I took my iPhone. I went live and I had had a following. You know, I went live on um, uh, social media before and, and maybe, you know, some good trouble in, with a different cadence. 
Um, <clears throat> and 50 people came into the live and we talked about what was going on. And at the end, my mother says, she types and says, will this be an everyday coffee hour? And I'm like, uh, no, but I'll stick with the community until COVID is over. And bro, and it, 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 if I've said it 10 times, maybe one time it hasn't hit me. When I say this, it does, I feel it. I went live every single solitary day for a year. And sometimes two or three times a day, depending on what was going on. And so I didn't decide to start this. I think two weeks into it, Thaddeus Miles rolled up and said, I like what you're doing. Let me invest. And I saw the impact. Um, and then from then up until now, we've had impact. We've caused some good trouble. And so that's that's really how it happened. That This thing sought me and 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 grabbed me and I embraced it back. Um, and we continue to get in good trouble and, and have impact. So, so the question for, for me is what, and I would love to go into this because, you know, like you said, this thing embraced you, but, you know, we, we try to rise to the occasion. We try to, we try to lean into things that we're kind of called to do and really kind of connecting and, and building community um, is, is a trait that comes from someplace for you. Where did that come from? Well, you know, before you, before you um turned on that live that day, you know, what was what was James Hills with S uh, doing uh, in the in the world? At that very moment, I will say to you, uh, November, uh, December, January, February, March. I was four months off of um, being told by a national youth development agency um, after being on vacation for three weeks for a medical procedure. Um, after you know few months of, of some philosophical differences, they thought I was going out to interview for those three weeks and come back and tell them that I was resigning. <clears throat> I was four months into um, going back to work after those three weeks and told that it was my last day. That day I returned. And gee, I, I um, was bewildered. I knew I was eligible for unemployment. Um, but at that time, I was trying to figure it out. I was consulting with Drive Boston. I was the interim exec consultant, executive director, um, and I was trying to figure it out. But even before then, um, I count my time as a peer educator um, in the Bromley Heath Housing Projects at the CAVE program. That's where I got my start in community. Um, I've served at every level in nonprofit from a direct service youth worker um, to you know training specialist to development person to, um, I haven't had any big titles like vice president, executive director, but there, it, one of the things that I know that the reason that Java with Jimmy is impactful is there was work in community prior to, um, you know, it's starting. And so at that moment and at that time, honestly, I was trying to figure it out and, and, and figure out what was next to pay rent. Um, I was on unemployment, but you know, it, 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 um, I will say this though, a couple of weeks after that, you know, those that were on unemployment got, uh, got blessed. And I'm glad I had the wisdom and my tax consultant helped me realize this, um, a couple of years after was I, and I'm going to be honest with you. I signed up for taxes through, you know, unemployment. And because I did that, I was able to write off everything that I spent to build this business, to get the interface to computers and upgrades and cameras and all that. And so that's where I was trying to figure it out. And it happened. Wow. So 
you were sitting there unemployed. And, <laughs> and, no, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got you. I got you. You there unemployed, and that was the spark of a media empire. I mean, so I can, you know, <laughs> yes, yes, you, you say it's about me, but I got a name that, you know, the words, you are intentional. Um, and, and words like that and stuff coming from you, uh, it's very humbling. Um, I embrace more of the word impact, a media, an impactful media platform, um, not an empire. I did tell someone today, though, that I do want to build a platform out and offer others the opportunity of what unintentionally happened with me. I want to support those that intentionally want to go into this space. So not an empire, but um, uh, uh, expand the platform. Let's go with that. So you, it, listen, ladies and gentlemen, you're trying to be humble today. But <laughs> the 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 Java with Jimmy that I know that I know don't don't, <laughs> don't the, do the, the guy I know he 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 talks a lot of stuff. No, so I'm joking for. <laughs> um, but you know what? For you, you you talked about kind of growing up. Where did you grew up in Bromley Heath, right? Bromley Heath and up the street from Orchard Gardens on Greenville Street, next to what is now the Dearborn Stem. Um, right. I was born when that was Rocks. Girls High, Roxbury High, the Dearborn. Um, so I grew up between Bromley and Orchard, up the street from Orchard. Okay, so I mean that was, I mean that was that wasn't the calmest area of the city. And I know that there was a time I, I was talking about this with somebody younger, and they didn't believe me. They thought I was making this up. That there was a time on the cover of the Boston Herald where they were keeping count yeah. of the murders that were going on in the city, and every other every day there was a murder. They would put it on the front page. They'd be like number five. Like nope. they were kicking us off. You do you remember this? I remember that. I also, if you remember, also there was a young man that was killed in academies, and they put his they put his body laid out on the basketball court on the front page. Um, and so I'm in my fourth, what I call my fourth cycle of violence. That was the first cycle. Mm -hmm. uh, friends. Uh, I remember one August, we were at funerals like two and three almost every other weekend. Um, when I was probably about maybe 13, 14 years old, my uncles and them were, were, were plastered up on the paper, crying at the funerals and whatnot. Um, that was the first cycle. The second cycle was being a direct service worker, trying to inform, um, policy. And then the third and fourth was more policy, um, at a different level. And then now it's kind of taking those years and sitting back and trying to really figure out like, wow, we really have to figure out a different way to do this. And so not to go too deep into that, but yeah, I came up in a time where it, it, we see the numbers and stuff now. And for those that are dealing with it, whether numbers are low or not, it doesn't really make a difference. One is an issue. Um, but we grew up in a time, man, where, where, you know, and, and I lived in Heath street and grandma was up the street from OP that could get very, very interesting. And so it was an interesting time for us. Yeah, well, was that kind of the foundational piece of where you started with youth work, kind of whether it was the peer stuff or is, was that kind of the genesis of it for you? It, it 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 was the peer stuff. It was really my aunt, Avis Winston, um, Suttles now, Avis Winston Suttles, um, Auntie Maria, as I call her. She had a dance sort of group in the cave program at Bromley Heath. And I went there a few times and gee, you know me, I'm the one, if something needs to be done, I'm like, oh, I'll do it and or whatever. And so she saw that in me. And I think that that's where I would, if I could go back now and name it, I was that peer educator type. Um, and so that's where I got my start, like 11 years old in Bromley Heath at a dance program where someone saw in me leadership um, and it, 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 it kicked off from there. I remember um, not wanting 
um, toys and stuff for Christmas. I wanted a typewriter. I wanted to be a social worker. Um, I didn't want Coleco. Now I'm going to take us back. I didn't want ColecoVision. Wow. I wanted the Adam computer. Do you remember? God, I, wanted, I didn't want the video game. I, I heard about those things in, in those throwback videos of stuff from, don't from do the me. 1900s. Don't do, don't, don't do me. <laughs> 1900s, rather. <laughs> So it's, 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 you said, you referenced a few minutes ago about call. I've always been called to service. Um, and it's, it's just, it's, it's to bring it all back. It just is so interesting to see life's cycles, places that I've worked environment in medicine, in government and community that actually is what made me apt to ask the questions once this platform took off. So when when you got started and you started to build up and you were doing on a consistent basis, was it one of those things where you you think your consistency was the key to make it grow, or what was what what do you think made it go from that that initial fifty people to where it is today? Where and we'll talk about your your current uh, one of your current homes in, <laughs> in a moment. But what what do you think was kind of that driving force that that made it grow so much? Honestly, sir, it was the authenticity and um, organic space that wound up being created. We were in set, we were in a world pandemic, and I think there was this thing of never in our lifetime people were dying. This that hasn't happened in almost a hundred years, and so from a lot of us, we could be nothing but our authentic selves. Um, and, and the organics of, gee, there were times where I may be halfway fussing and cussing about something that he who used to occupy the white house would say, <clears throat> and then someone would type in the comments, my aunt just died. And I take my hat off and we would go into prayer. Um, and then two minutes later, because we need black joy to go through that, someone is putting a joke and whatnot. And so the, the organics of the space and the off, I, I, um, just, found myself in a the most authentic public facing that I've ever been in my entire life. That that's what I believe has informed and and and, and taken the growth. Um because I I just I just keep it real. I I just keep it real. And I try to also humanize some of those folks that come into this space. Some may see it as sellout and not being as hard as I used to be, but we evolve. Um we learn that we get more honey with um we get more bees with honey than we do vinegar. So I'm not to go too deep into that, but that's what I believe really it's authenticity in the organic space. Yeah. It's, to, to kind of build from with that, I, it's interesting because I feel like there's sometimes where people want, and I think it's the idea that they want to have someone who speaks truth to power. Yeah. Um, so they kind of lean into more personalities that are firebrand that are really confrontational and kind of, kind of pushing back. And I think that there's a, I won't say that, because I don't like the whole idea of respectability politics and, yep, and, yep. and that, but I think that there, we don't necessarily always have to start off, you know, we're going yes. to Yeah, we don't, we don't. It, 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 and, and, and now you have observed, I pointed to that there was a following. I had a presence prior to the evolved, you know, there's Java with Jimmy. And then there was the old Jimmy. To be very honest with you, Jimmy was my, um, alter ignorant playboy like that was who jimmy was um and in part of that jimmy um i you know i've, I've went live before and um like cussed out politicians um dropped f-bombs um challenged some of their policies and whatnot and 
Sometimes the squeaky wheel does get the oil, but you get enough oil that will get you to the next stop and not being engaged for the whole ride to get to the destination. Mm-hmm. And I've had to learn, sir, that you just, it, it's just human nature, right, wrong, and different. If I'm coming at you, I'm going to tolerate you. But if I come and try to reason together and not come guns a-blazing to what you referenced earlier, um, I'm more inclined to have sustainable long-term engagement. Now, for some, that's for the next two years until you get out of office. Or for some, it's lifelong no matter how, uh, uh, no matter what the circumstance, we may butt heads, but there's an understanding that there is respect, not respectable, respectable politics, but we have respect as men or and, and men and women or whatever the case is, and as human beings, as human beings, that that that's what I think will keep a lot of us in good trouble is if we keep the humanity. Um, um, it, it's good trouble. So there's a tone that at the end of it, something good is going to come out of the trouble that may come up every now and then. Okay. I mean, and, and you're you're right about that because I think that there is a. Uh, that ability to kind of strike balance. Now, you know, when it's time to have those uncomfortable and, and, and maybe even aggressive conversations, we should always be ready for that. But then yep. at the same time, do you feel like you've gotten a lot of of, of uh, criticism from folks mm-hmm. around not being aggressive? Yeah, uh, yeah, let's go they, there. I've been waiting yeah. for somebody to ask me about this and I'm so glad it's you. So yes, and I understand that they don't, fully understand the last three minutes of what I said. I also understand that I set a precedence and a tone that was very aggressive. And because there were results and I, I'm going to say this as, as, as humbly, but I just felt that thing. There's always been impact, bro, but it was limited in that aggression. You would get here and Marty, Former Mayor Walsh would 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 engage, but here and and so much further. I'm going from trying to tell you about a policy to cussing you out on social media. Um, um, there was even one time that I was so upset and traumatized where my friend and sister's staff was on the phone with me from Ayanna Presley's office, and I was letting the staff have it, and she gave AP the phone, and I was still letting have it, and it was like I almost put at risk our relationship, and so I had to learn that. To get things done for community, with all due respect, I had to also learn from myself that it takes relationships. And you can't build relationships if you are always, you can disagree, but you can't always come at that word on social media now. We understand it. You can't always at people um, because they are human beings. And they are going to shut down to some point because you go in defense. You are, to some extent, you are questioning their character. You are questioning their commitment to community when you challenge sometimes their policy. Now, there's a couple of people that that's justified in questioning their character. Some present ones, is run, some present ones now. But I did see there's that balance. There's still that little bit of Jimmy that's there. Um, <laughs> um, but it, 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 I just. I, to answer your question, I'm aware of the critics um, and I receive it in love. I also had to understand, G, and you've been in the industry, the more public facing you become, the more you are um, 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 open to criticism. And I'll be very honest and transparent with you. One day the thought hit me out of all those people that I added, 
cussed out and criticized and don't agree with policy and whatnot, guess what? You can call it a, a karma. You can call it reciprocity. You can call it you reap what you sow. Some of that is going to come back just because of the nature of the type of platform this is. To my community that sometimes may be disappointed because I'll be very honest, I'm not cussing the mayor out about what's going on with violence in the city. But trust and believe, and, and, and you all that may not be uh, be able to see the visual in, in the way that we're recording this, um, I'm on my phone in text and whatnot. One, she's a woman. Two, there's a different relationship I have with this mayor that I have not had with, uh, I worked for Menino. Marty Walsh and I had a relationship since he became mayor. I remember when Michelle Wu was the intern sitting over in front of Larry May's office as, a, I believe, a Rappaport fellow. On the fifth floor, when I was leaving the fifth floor, she was coming in back in, I want to say somewhere around 2013 or 10 or be, uh, 2010, 11, somewhere around there. And so it, it's just very different. I understand the criticism, but the one thing I will not tolerate, well, I have to tolerate it. But the one thing I need folks to understand, motive is always my community. Motive is always impact. And I will, by any means necessary, do what I, if I think, am I, if I'm more than 75% confident that something's going to come out for community, I'll hush my lip a little bit publicly. I'll do what I need to do behind the scenes. During election year, I'll do whatever it is I need to do to get something done because people are more open during election year. So the critics can come, but I got impact behind the criticism. I've been and, waiting for that question. Um, <laughs> and you talked about kind of the the very, the the, the evolution piece. What do you think, was necessary to change within you in order for you to get to this point? Like, what were the things that were kind of, what was, you know I mean? Was there, was there anything, for, what did you need to resolve or was it, what was going on that made you just say, you know what, this is not working for me personally and professionally. Like, you know, was, was there any one particular thing or was it just, did it just come to that time in your life? It's the sentiment of, the definition of insanity, which is doing the same thing over and over again and, 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 and thinking you get a different result. All the sentiment of that, I, I, I referenced to being limited. I fussed and I cussed. I got some policy done. I also, now here's another side of this. There's the mental health side that in this space and in these type of helping spaces and callings, there is a big mental health impact on us. Also, there's this statement that ignorance is um, bliss. I've added to that that awareness is stressful AF. Um, and what I mean by that is I'm from community, so I know what we're dealing with. I've worked in government, and so I know what the potential can happen around um, um, policy and whatnot. And sometimes, sir, the frustration of knowing that in some cases, it's the stroke of the pen. In some cases, it's changing a job description. In some cases, it's it's the council voting or the legislature voting. And I got to a point where it was impacting my health, where I was, and it's on me. I was so frustrated because I knew what could happen if there was the political, and I got to pull some back on us community, if there was enough community will to push enough political will that we could make things happen and it wasn't happening. And so I had to step back. I, I, I referenced to, um, you know, in, in late October, November, I don't remember the date. I think it was November 12th or something after veterans day. Um, yeah, it was. Cause that's when I went back, I took that holiday. So I didn't have to take a vacation day. Um, 
ever since then, I, I had to figure out what's next for me. You know what I mean? So I was on a path of evolving prior to leaving that organization, but I really know that the platform expedited um, that. I had to learn interviewing skills. Um, you and I have talked about where those need to improve and some things like that. And so it, 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 the platform expedited this evolution. But what happened with me within me was I felt like I was spinning my wheels. And because of my awareness and spinning, feeling like I was spinning in my wheels, I had to step back. And so somewhere along that stepping back, coming up on COVID, this happened. Wow. So it's it's interesting for to hear you kind of have that a transparency to be able to think that about the mental health impact. Because I think that that's one thing that very that we don't think of. We're just I think we're all kind of, you know, I, I've as I've gotten older, um, <laughs> I feel like I've gotten to a point where I've gotten to a point where I try to extend a lot more grace. Yes. To um to to people because I I just for a couple of reasons one I wish that people had done it for me at a particular time. Yes, sir. Yep. Um, and then combining that with understanding that sometimes when somebody's yelling at you or you're in a confrontation with them or whatever they're not yelling at you they're yelling at the seventeen times that they've been disappointed before. And now they're at like, I'm not going to take this anymore or whatever. So you got to, particularly when we're dealing with community and building that way, I think sometimes you have to eat that. But then the difficult part is when, if you're taking that in all the time, you know what I mean? I, like, you know, I, I liken it to, to kind of, if you went into an arena and everybody booed you, you know, what does that physically feel like? What is that? What is that? What is that energy? Would you know? There's a there's fifteen thousand people that don't want you to be there, you know. You know what I mean? Like, what does that feel like? So I I can understand kind of the toll, and I also I, like I understand why there's sometimes you have somebody who goes into public service, they they may do two terms, and they're like, you know what? I'm, I'm good. Yep. It's it's so the helping field, and 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 you can understand this too, and appreciate it that creatives we don't. We're getting better. You said as you've gotten older, and I want to challenge you a little bit because you said you extend grace to others. Sure, I say I'm not getting better. No, no, no. What I'm saying is I want to challenge you because I think if you think about it for a second, you've also have to. You have also have to. You have also have. I don't know the proper way to say. It. You've had to give yourself grace as well, not just extend it to others, but you had to give yourself grace. And I think that's one of the things that I'm getting better about. And I've always given myself grace, but now I don't feel guilty about it. I don't wonder what somebody wonders if I take a trip for self-care or if I um, indulge in something at Rare Steakhouse. I don't care. You don't know when I was eating ravioli for two weeks in a row because my mother was suffering with dealing from crack and we had to make it work. You know what I'm saying? That's mm -hmm. a whole other Zoom in itself. So getting back to the mental health piece, as creatives, as Black men, and as those in this public space, um, we're getting better but we have to keep at the forefront our wellness. And it goes back and it's a cliche and everybody talks about the scenario of if you're on a plane and the oxygen cuts off, what's the first thing they tell you to do? Put your mask on before you even try to help your own children. We do have to take care of ourselves first and we have to make our health physical. We have to, and I'm gonna challenge us. We gotta stop separating mental health from physical health. Because there is, you talked about 
the crowd, 15,000 people booing someone, someone that you and I know, Yoga Mike, Mike Massey. Uh, he often, I've been to him a few times, and he'll feel what he calls a cow, a uh, 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 callus or calc something in my back. And he's like, Jimmy, when you're stressed out, physically, that go, that, that, that chemical that is released in your body while you're trying to cope with them, 15,000 people booing you, or you're stressed about the elected or you're in public service, that goes somewhere. And so there is another conversation we need to start having about the impact of, of, of our mental and our overall health. Um, but it, you can, you can, you have a music, emotions, we feel these things. And so as creatives, as those in public service, we have to know that the stress of what we deal with and as much as we, as much as we try to front and say, I'm going to go paint, or I'm going to go write a song or do a track, or I'm going to go help a family is my self-care. Stop fronting. It's not, you're still working, you know? So we have to really, and, and you and I are kind of close in the same age range. We got to take care of ourselves physically as well. You know, so there's a lot there. Yeah, it, it is. And that, you know, I think that's at the core of kind of these conversations that we have at Good Trouble is just really kind of getting um, one to get a little bit more clarity about the folks that we're seeing who are kind of working in the helping space, but then also to to share some of these best practices, to have these conversations, to have these discussions, because quite honestly, I think that most people don't think of those things when they think of politicians or they think of public figures of any kind. They don't think of that. So, and they high, they hold them to a, an extremely high standard that almost sometimes seems almost unattainable. You know what I mean? Yep. So the point that you made earlier that when someone is having a conflict and they're not yelling at you, they're yelling at their past trauma to kind of sum it up. In a lot of our advocacy and activism, we're not only holding our observation of the results of whack policies or not enough advocacy or political will. We're also, for folks like you and I, we're holding our last generation. If you're woke and knowledgeable, you're also holding um, um, those of our ancestors. And there's now studies, and I believe it's been proven that for a lot of black and brown folks, you literally can carry trauma in your DNA. And so when we're going at them, first of all, we put people on pedestal because you talked about uh, respectability politics. There's also personality politics. We often, this is a whole nother subject, we often look for a savior in people that have charisma and present in an election season and on a campaign that they're going to do X, Y, and Z. We're looking for a savior. We've been through so much and 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 whatnot that and then we won't get into the model of how um, um, some of our religious institutions have corrupted this one uh, 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 being sort of. And I'm not going to get too deep into that. We have taken maybe sometimes the pastor personality um, and put that in the politics and people coming to help us. And while we can respect the, per the perfect person that comes up is Barack Obama. I get it. There's Barack Obama is who he is. Mother Teresa is who she was. Gandhi is who he is. Amari is who he is. Uh, 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 the Kings are who they were. People have been blessed by their work, but we cannot take away. You talked a few minutes ago about also the humanity. These are human beings, bro. And they are imperfect. 
And will there be mistakes? And will they show their humanity in one way or another, in some way, shape, or form? They will. And we have to be willing to understand what I just said, our trauma, and that we are putting them on pedestals um, for, for maybe some valid reasons. But it goes back to what you said a few minutes ago, the G word, grace. It goes back to grace. And, you know, I would love to see more people extend that to one another. We have to give people a place to to absolutely accelerate and grow. Um, so one thing I've, I've, you know, I meant to ask, I've been meaning to ask this. What is the fascination uh -oh. <laughs> with red and black? Oh, so it's real simple. All your logos, everything that I see. To the point where I I don't think I've ever seen you without those colors on it, or even if at the very least, even if it's a your pin with your logo, <laughs> I have always seen it. What are those? What is it? You know, did you did you want to be a fireman when you were young? Like what was it? Oh, so let me let me tell you one fun fact about me. My favorite color is purple, and you're gonna smile a little bit and then kind of be Wait, like, oh. stop. Hold on. Your favorite color is purple. My favorite color is purple. But so if you remember um, in December of 2017, you may, that's when I was cussing. My nephew had got killed and I was talking to Marty Walsh and he was answering my questions. And I'm like, wait, I get a privilege for you to answer my questions, but the community needs to know. And if you remember some years ago, I had this tagline, we need to know. I did some being in electoral politics. There's this reel that talks about red is alarming, yellow is this, blue is that. I found out that red brought attention. It was alarming. And so I created the We Need to Know brand um, with that red to bring attention that we as a community need to know what's going on. When Java with Jimmy, when I embraced what was happening and I was coming up because I look at some of these original logos and I'm like, wow, we've come a long way. Um, it was nothing for me to go with the red because I wanted to kind of keep that brand continuity. And so, and I found myself, um, Java with Jimmy started during the pandemic. First couple of outsides that I went to, I'm like, well, you know, let me wear something red to go with the brand. And then it, it, yeah. And I get critiqued about that. I'm like, some people say, oh, this is dope, man. Yo, you're always in brand. Da, 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 da. And some people are like, do you, do you got anything else? Is there anything else? Because no, I, I didn't know whether there was a sale at Marshall's on, <laughs> on all the red stuff in America. I'm like, what is going on? Did he find a red outlet? What is the it's the, the, the car is red? Um, um, it just it it just and now it's such a natural thing, bro. It 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 just it 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 like the brand just it just took off. I I just now I love red. It's not my favorite color, but red is my go-to before purple. So and then where did the, and you know I know I know that you, you said your mom was asking is this um this coffee hour going to be a, a daily thing was that the kind of genesis of Java with Jimmy it was it was the her quest I I went live for I just was going to, I went live to warn our community and have a conversation and we're going to need to figure this out no intent one day and three and a half years later four years this coming March. Um, we're still, oof, it hits me every now and then that we're still here. We're still here. And it, it, it's evolved and done a lot. Um, we're, we're, um, 
I don't know what the release date of this is, but maybe before or after we're sharing, um, we're, we're, we're moving into a syndication type space. We have the regular platform, um, we're with one of the local networks and also we, um, either have, or are going back, um, to radio. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So you, um, you know, you talked about the growth of the platform and it started off as a, uh, an online thing. You built it through Facebook and through Instagram and through social media as a whole. But, you know, one of the, the most interesting things that's happened to you lately is a new partnership that you have. Can you tell us a little bit about that? There's actually two. Now you're talking about Southline oh, and you're talking about WGBH. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I kind of did that okay. I, I didn't mean to seem like I wasn't in the gist uh, uh, keeping up with all how popping you were. I apologize. <laughs> Man. So um, real quick, Southline, thanks to a partnership through my membership with Boston Wild Black, Ross Marshall of Mass Bio reached out and said, hey, um, we're going over to Southline, which is the old Globe building. Um, we're going to Southline. I've mentioned what you're doing in community portal innovations, which is a life science, um, bio sort of tech, um, big national, uh, national, international, national firm, um, got introduced to them. Um, and so that partnership is active, hopefully, and I might need to reach out to you to ask you to come and do a walkthrough with me one day, once we figure out what we're doing over there, um, we're going to have a, a, a studio access, um, to have maybe 20, 30, I'm pushing for 50, where 50 people will be able to come and watch a podcast or, or show taped live. Um, and every day, if we want to exclusive use and, and, and shared, but exclusive use. Um, so that's that piece as far as partnership. The other one I think you were talking about, um, and the first part, I was just messing with you. Um, but I have to shout out Portal Innovations, um, and Southline and Mass Bio, um, as well as, and I'll name some other early, uh, supporters. Um, the other partnership is with WGBH. Um, we went for a trial run in June um, and they have extended um, a, a monthly show to me through December. Sometime later on this year, we will convene there, you know, in this industry, they're looking at numbers and impact and things like this and, and things like that rather. And this is a new space for them. And so I have this partnership with GBH where I'm one of the first community uh, um not journalists, but community commentators that has a hour show every month on GBH. Um, and it's been amazing. I go from an iPhone and I was on a production team meeting, the first one, and there were 11 people on that Zoom. And Greg, I tried to hold myself together. And like the last three minutes of the meeting, I just lost it. I said, I'm so sorry. I just, this is just so humbling. And because it is, it, it is, man, for this not to be a sought place and to have this partnership with GBH and, and where things are going, it, it, it is, it is, um, I was either supposed to be a pastor, a nonprofit leader or a politician and to be able to help community to have impact over running my mouth over coffee it's just crazy. And so to see you talk about the growth, it's, 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 it's just, it's still every now and then just, I sit sometimes in bewilderment and I'm like, it's crazy. It, it It's just crazy. Well, I mean, listen, it, it definitely is, has been something that's grown and just built and it's, you know, been a wave and it's very interesting to see, um, see that growth and to kind of be, you know, watching the journey and, and see where it's going. Going, I always wondered. Like, I don't think I've ever seen you drink a cup of coffee. Um, 
So you drink coffee? I drink coffee. Is this a bunch of false advertising? Yeah, no, because the kind whole of shenanigans I'm talking about. No, it's not shenanigans. So the other thing is, I and a, and a good friend of ours early, early on, shout out to Newt Johnson. It was my first and will be my forever manager. He just is always going to keep that title. Um, he told me early on, I need to partner with someone. I have reached out. And if they're listening and it makes it, I have reached out to Jada Kiss and his dad. Cause they need that coffee shop. They need one of them right here in Boston with his dad's coffee brand and whatnot. But there is, there has been conversation about a Java, a, a Jimmy coffee brand, but I drink coffee every morning um, on the show. And, and you can tell when it kicks in too, cause there's some mornings where I get off and I'm like, Oh my God, where did that come from? But yeah, I, I drink, I'm a coffee. I won't say connoisseur, but I, I, my palate has grown. It's not a bunch of cream and sugar now. I was gonna say you'd have to become a connoisseur if you're gonna keep this whole Java with Jimmy business going on, man. Like it's gonna, it's gonna. If you don't become a connoisseur, it's like it's false advertising. Listen, this brand has helped me tell my doctor. Well, listen, this is my livelihood, so I cannot give up coffee right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, listen, don't, don't, don't get yourself in the ground drinking coffee. Uh, one cup a day. For that one cup a day, down from like three or four some years ago to one cup a day. Okay. Okay. So, you know, what do you, what do you kind of look at towards the future for the, for what you're doing? Like, you know, you've, you've got the GBH conversation going on. You have Southline as a, as a partnership. You're trying to harass Jada Kissel's father for this free coffee that you're trying to get. Um, what else, what else do you have, have kind of, or what, what, what do you envision? Not necessarily what do you have going on? Not, not that I'm looking for like the details of, of anything that's current, but, you know, what do you envision? What do you want? Like, what do you, where do you see, you know, Java with Jimmy as a brand, as a company kind of growing to? And what do you want for yourself? That, you know, which is as important as what you want for the company. What do you want for yourself? Um, it's interesting because I, I don't know which way to prioritize that um, to, you know, and I'll be honest and transparent, you know, do I prioritize uh, what I want for the brand first and put that first and foremost, or do I want it for me? But one thing that's unique, and I think you'll appreciate this is the type of brand that I am. I am my brand and my brand is me. It's not like I'm producing a clothing line. You take pride in what you produce, but Java with Jimmy, you know, so they to some extent, they are one and the same for me. So for the brand, Greg, and when I get the millions, I would love to be able to contract you I mean, trying to take you from Embrace Boston, but I want well, you. If you got millions, you please get into <laughs> Embrace Boston. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> right, we'll listen. Out. There are some listen. very smart people in Embrace Boston, but if there are millions involved, no, some joke. <laughs> but no, no, no. I got to deviate right there, real quick, for one second. Is um, when the <laughs> come, I'm definitely going to remember Embrace because right after Thaddeus Miles. Um, embrace Boston along with Willie Broderick and them were one of the first ones that invested in me, allowed me to go from that old laptop that was crashing every time Ayana came on. There was only eight um, gigs of RAM, bro. It was bad with an interface and a camera. It was bad. Um, so I got a deviate, and I would always uh, and and when those millions come, I'll be giving back to Embrace Boston. Um, but. I want to have Java with Jimmy Studios. I said a few minutes ago that the people have told me that I need to do uh, the internet online sort of radio spot and have my own radio station and all that other stuff. Um, I want to, not so much for me, 
but I want to offer others the space. I want to share what I've learned in these past three and a half years from tech to how to take a couple of pages and lay out, you know, what you need to consider if you're going to do a podcast. Um, I'm setting myself up here because someone told me over a year ago that I needed to do this, but I want to actual, for those of you that are listening on Embrace Boston's Good Trouble podcast, um, Java with Jimmy is not currently an actual podcast. Um, and so I want to establish an actual podcast, but I want to have a standalone building that um, can host community events that can gather for strategy sessions for community, but then can also be set up and have the tech to go live um, to, um, you know, give other space to host public conversations. And so I want to help other people that want to have their podcast. I want to be executive producer. Um, my technical umbrella is effective strategies. And so I want that to, it's the executive producer technically of Java with Jimmy. Um, and so I want to be that for other people and for myself, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I want to get to a point where all I have to do is go live from my balcony in Miami, check in with my staff, do my little host and public appearances locally when I have to, and live and still continue to help community while I'm chilling in Miami and and, and coming here home. I will always vote in Boston. Um, but for me, I want the ability to um, write checks to organizations. I want the ability to hear about somebody's vision on the street and not put them through an RFP and all that other stuff. And just be like, yo, gee, remember you told me about what Amandi is doing? He's starting this new mental health and men working out thing. Here's a $10,000 check. Like that's, that's what I want. I only want what appears as success to, to, to have impact. I am a social entrepreneur. Any profit that comes in, I want to flip it back to community, but also still be able to live. Because thus, let me also say this. Getting in good trouble does not mean that you always have to financially be in trouble. You need to be able to live and enjoy life. And that's what I want to do. You almost said amen. I saw you. You almost said amen. No, I was not going to say amen oh. to you and your Miami shenanigans. No, I was not. I was upset <laughs> the, fact that, the fact that you want to do part of this in Miami, when we're, you know, this is Celtics country, you out there down in the heat country, you know, I appreciate the weather. I get it. It's, the, it's the weather and the beach only. I'm a Celtics fan all day. We got beaches here. Not like, no, but not, not, not Miami. And, and G in all seriousness is it, it that is my self-care place. This, I don't pay myself in this space. And so, you know, as entrepreneurs and, and as long as this tax consultant is okay and you ain't, you know, disobeying the IRS, um, my new classification is I have an actual IRS classification as a media, something, something I figure out ways to self-care and that's all it is. The food, the heat, the water, the beach, and the balcony and the sunrise and the sunset. Have you ever seen a storm come up you have come across the ocean? You see it start out small and then you, bro, there's something about before mental health that listen. So it's not shenanigans, it's self-care. Okay. I know, I know you, you balling over a job with Jimmy cause you got, Tax consultants. I got. I got somebody. No. I got. I got somebody that does my taxes. You have a tax consultant. No. 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 Shout out a black-owned uh, entity <laughs> in this state called the Black Economic Council of Massachusetts that saw that this platform was taking off. Nicole Obi pulled me over one day. She was like, "Jimmy, 
front facing. You look wonderful. We love everything what you're doing. She said, what does your back office look like? And I just stared at her and I said, and so they actually um, have, have been very supportive of, 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 of this platform and helping me get my business together. I'll say this. And then whatever other questions we as black entrepreneurs too, we have, this platform took off. And so I wasn't ready, but we also got to keep our business straight while we're getting in good trouble. Cause we don't want to get in other trouble as well. Absolutely. And, and shout out to Nicole. Um, I, I, every time I think of her, I think about how her and her team cheated in the black bowl She'll know what I'm talking about. We have a little. I think I heard though y'all did it like a combined um holiday combined Christmas party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we had where we had black trivia and all these yep. types of things. And you know, I you know what I should not say that she cheated. Her team came out on top, mm -hmm. and there was some dubious uh, counting in the scorekeeping, and you know things like that. I will not say that Nicole was responsible <laughs> for these things. That is not the type of person she is. She is a leader of the highest moral character. You know, I would I would trust her with my last dollar, but I don't necessarily know if I trust her counting up the Uno points is what I'm saying. <laughs> Wait a minute. I just want to make a real observation of my brother real quick. Is that a Techniques 1200 in the background there? Uh, No, that is oh, not. Oh, okay. Is I was going to say, man, whole new different level of respect, brother. No, no, no. We I keep... um. I'm actually getting a set of, of tables, but I may end up getting one of the rain controllers. Yeah. Just, which if you, the rain controllers are really cool because they're full size um, platters. Okay. So it, it It is, if you ever see DJs where they have controllers and they're kind of small and it's, it's really just, the like, they, uh, the rain controller is a full size DJ setup. Okay. So it feels and has the, the spacing and everything that you would have if you had like actual turntables um, going on. So that I'm looking forward to getting that and being able to use that, you know, not to, because I'm not a DJ. I'm just having- I was going to say along with everything else you spin to? No, 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 no. Oh, cause I'm going to be looking for a DJ soon once I get back to radio. I am a music connoisseur and I know a few DJs and I can point you in the right direction, but you know, no. Ain't no budget yet. We got to get sponsors. Won't be no budget yet. They got to trust me. Well, listen, you have, you see me when the millions come. When that but when that budget come in, come holler at me. I will become a DJ. When the millions come in, I'll come up. I listen, I'm gonna start right, I'm gonna start working on my DJ music just to get myself ready because I'm like, yo, Jimmy's about to get between this coffee, between WGBH, between this new radio situation that he's trying to find. I'm like, listen, what you got motion. <laughs> Hold on. WGBH is public uh, uh, broadcast. Okay. We thank God for the donations. <laughs> I'm Listen, I appreciate that. I'm just saying all this stuff going around at the same time. These Multiple millions, streams of income. Millions that you, I didn't bring up the millions. You brought up the millions. Oh, they're coming. So when the millions come, I'm just saying, holler at me. And I will give Imari my two weeks. <laughs> but you know, one of the things that will come out of those millions we going back to Walla. <laughs> oh, man. So, folks, with, Jimmy was one of the people who accompanied, one of the community members who accompanied us um, on our trip to see the um, Embrace Memorial in its um, building stages. So we the, the memorial was actually built and physically um, crafted out in Walla Walla, Washington um, at the Walla Walla Foundry. And the folks out in Walla Walla, they have... have built a national reputation for doing these type of projects. 
And we were fortunate enough to go out and um, be out in Walla Walla for about two, three days. Well, actually, it was more than that. It was like four it was, we were days. out there for about four or five days, and it was, yeah. it, it, oh, that and now. It, I will say I the only care. thing about Walla Walla that I did not like was the journey to Walla Walla. Once you get there, it's cool. If there was a direct, if there was a direct flight from Boston to Walla Walla, Washington, sign me up. Nah, what I'm going to do next time is I'm going to go spend a couple of days in Seattle and then I'll go to Walla Walla from Seattle because that's where we flew into, right, Seattle? We, yeah, we came into Seattle and then we flew to Walla from Seattle to Walla Walla. So I'm going to go spend a couple of days in Seattle at Pike's Place and then I'll go to Walla after that. I have to go do a, um, I'm going to go do a food segment out at Pike's Place and then I'm going to go do a, a, a foundry. Well, huh? you, you, I was gonna say the the foundry had the wine, mm -hmm. which was incredible. And it, for those of you who don't know that, you know, apparently I did not know this until we got there. Walla Walla is wine country. It is, oh, bro. And there are a number of incredible wineries, and because the wineries are there, there there apparently has been this um this group of chefs that have moved into into the area. So you have this incredible food with this great wine tucked in like. They're in New Hampshire. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to get people who are from the, yep. from the East Coast to kind of get an understanding of kind of the energy. It's very small town. It's very quiet, but it's got a of, bustling um, field scene and 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 bustling uh, wine scene. It was definitely an amazing. And again, shout out to you all and Amari um, that that made that happen. Um, and it it just it was an amazing trip, and just to see. The construction of that and now to see what's down on boston common is just amazing and i was down there the other day with malia um and I, you know i kind of i said hey this is one of the young ladies that kind of helped you know had some involvement in getting this here taking pictures and whatnot but people are really um impressed by the impact of that being there um and it, it just it was a good trip but definitely um the ultimate outcome has definitely been dope seeing and it down there on I mean, the it common. was beautiful it was beautiful kind of to go out there because that you know until we got to Walla Walla, um, until we got to Walla Walla, we had talked about the monument. We talked about the size, the scope, mm -hmm. and all those things, but we didn't really kind of know until we walked in that room. Yep, we didn't really under, you didn't really get the feeling of just exactly how big it was going to be, and what that that feeling was going to be like to be able to to walk under it and and really experience it for the first time. And for folks that, you know, if you get the opportunity, we, we created a film called um, Welcoming the Embrace, which will be in the uh, Boston Globe um, Documentary Film Festival. And you can see um, that trip. You can see the the looks on people's faces. Am I in the film? Um, I get a I shot? <laughs> you are, I believe. Yeah, because everybody's in. Everybody that went was is in. A, is in I didn't get a shot for the sneaker ball. I watched that video three times looking, and I'm not lying. I'm so serious, Greg. With all that red you had on, I don't know how you. I don't know how you escape <laughs> escape the camera with all that, that red. Look man, like listen. Fire engine in there. It is important, man. The piece that you said about the embrace. I just want to go back and say that, like, as much as people can go see it downtown and still get the awe, I think we were blessed to be able to have the understanding that the hand seeing that on the floor was literally like almost bigger or the size of like a small sports car. 
is just like crazy. And so see it when it was a part, I mean, you have the different advantage because you've seen it from its inception to, you know, now, but it, it just was an amazing trip. And yeah, when the millions come, oh, we going back to Walla. If, if, listen, it may won't be an embrace or whatever, but uh, uh, we going back to the foundry and the winery. Yeah, this is hilarious. So all, or meeting. All the places in America or the world, like, you know what, Walla Walla, here we go. Because it's hot. It, if you remember, Walla was hot. Yes. And then they, all the stores was close and we could just walk up the street and go get what we needed to get and food and stuff. So mm -hmm, we were good. Walla Walla was a beautiful place. So listen, Jimmy, I appreciate you joining me today. Yes, sir. You know, be a part of this conversation. And with with good trouble, we have, you know, we love to have these conversations with people to kind of know their stories um, and get into the history of how they got to become uh, a good troublemaker. And now we have a question that we ask on every show. Uh -oh. I am going to ask you, um, who is someone that you think we should have as a guest on Good Trouble? Um, I got to think about this. Um, there are a lot of names, but I know you. And so I would probably say right now, one of the first people that probably come to mind, um, I want to say is Stephanie Everett. Um, yes, now an elected, appointed elected, um, but definitely can get into good trouble. And then somebody that may not be as well known, I would probably say um, Julian Miller, who is a young man that has a history um, in, in crime, and he can tell his own story, has spent some time in prison, and has come out and really started telling his story um, and is, is getting in good trouble um, by disrupting traditional ways that people look at their recovery. Um, and so I would say from someone like a Stephanie Everett, who we know to like a Julian Miller, I think he's on um, motivation. I can't remember his screen name, um, but I would definitely say Julian would be a very interesting interview for you. Uh, there are a lot of names that come up, but um, those two are the first two to come to mind that just are very unique life stories and impact. Okay. Thank you very much. So listen, folks, I appreciate you all uh, chiming in and kicking it with us today. You got to hear a little bit of what uh, my relationship with 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 James <laughs> is. I always give him a hard time. That just the 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 idea is to to this is like one of those guys. I just feel like I have to. I can't not crack jokes on this guy. The day but that you part of me, huh? The day that you just walk up to me and say hello, James, I'm gonna look around at you and be like, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like uh -uh. Part, part of that. Uh, part of that reason is is one. I've I only I tell people I only I only crack jokes with yep. people I either genuinely like yep. or I have no taste for at all. And it's up to you to figure out which one. <laughs> which one it is. So, I'm the likable. You hope so. You let's let's. let's I made it. On, I made it on good trouble. Let listen. You ain't gonna have nobody in your space. You ain't messing with. Stop playing. Pretty much. Pretty much. So listen, folks, I appreciate you all tuning in today. Uh, let's hope that you all get into a good, a good amount of good trouble on your own, and we will see you all very, very soon.